Welcome to the Religion Unplugged podcast. I'm Melissa Harrison, Interim Executive Director of The Media Project, a global network of journalists that empowers journalists to provide a more profound understanding of the role of religion in public life through accurate, thorough, and intellectually honest reporting. Religion Unplugged is our award-winning nonprofit news website that covers the topic of religion in public life and in people's lives. Each week, we take a behind-the-scenes look at a topic being covered in the news to gather more insight and understanding on the stories being covered and the people who are covering them. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Daniel Arnoff, CEO of the Fuchsburg Jerusalem Center, which recently organized a three-day solidarity mission to recover remains from the Hamas attack. Welcome to the Religion Unplugged podcast, Stephen. Thank you for having me, Melissa. It's an honor. Thank you so much for being here with us. Tell me about the Fuchsburg Jerusalem Center. We're a center of pluralistic Jewish life in the heart of Jerusalem. We've been around for more than half a century. Um, Our themes are study, pray, and exploration of Israel. Uh, We invite people from around the world and our local uh, population to participate in our programs. Over the course of the past month, we've pivoted our organization because of the war to become a kind of sanctuary. Um, a couple of hundred people are, are living free of charge in our guest house. We have programs for children, teens, and adults over the course of every week, um, trying to find ways to provide people with some sanctuary and respite in a time which is so painful for so many people here. Reading about one of our contributors, Gil Zohar, has written some about you and interviewed you for a recent article. And in that, he wrote about your group being some of the first civilians to tour the devastated remains of an area where terrorists went house to house slaughtering residents. Tell us about that area and just about your uh, your visit there. We were actually the first civilian group to see um, Kibbutz Be'eri. Kibbutz Be'eri was um, the community that lost the most uh, individuals during the onslaught of Hamas on October 7th. Um, It is part of a cluster of communities in what's known as the Gaza envelope. So it really abuts the border between Israel and Gaza. Um, The kibbutz was infiltrated by a huge number of Hamas terrorists who went from house to house. And we saw um, for the first time with civilian eyes that there had been diplomats and journalists on site prior to us. Uh, We saw with civilian eyes the utter devastation and brutality um, in that community. I have, um, as a citizen of the world, read about and experienced second or third hand um, the the violence that um, religion uh, can produce. Um, but this was something that I could never have imagined would happen. Um, you know, just an hour and a half for where I raised my own children, let alone. Um, where families who are no longer on this earth uh, had raised their children. So it was devastating. Yeah, in reading when Gil interviewed you, part of your your interview to him said, quote, we literally saw the blood of our people crying out to us from the ground. 
It is our moral obligation to make sure that the world knows what happened there. Yeah, I'm 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 surprised I was able to put two coherent sentences together and talking about this. Um, the house where we entered um, under the auspices of the IDF, um, the Israeli Army's uh, spokespeople's office, um, brought us in. Uh, we were told that we were able to take pictures of anything that was not a personal item to protect the um, identity of the family, all of whom are dead. Um, by the door as we entered uh, in a house which was... Um, only half standing, um, a, um, a a doorway uh, covered in uh, uh, the floor covered in coagulated blood. Um, that was the blood of the mother who had been dismembered and then burned in front of her family um, by uh, the Hamas uh, terrorists. Um, the room was completely shattered. The first room, the front room, um, they had gone through uh, the drawers of the house, the children's room, all the windows were shattered, all the mirrors in the house were shattered. There were butcher's knives um, on the floor where they had been left. Um, obviously, the bodies had been removed by the time we were there. Um, it um, was an experience, I guess, uh, describe it as a, a, a feeling, a visceral feeling of violence seething up through the ground. Um, I had a professor in college who once told me that um, when he visited the areas around Auschwitz, um, that, he, that, he, that he looked at the ground and he could see that there was something moving there. Uh, he wasn't sure if it was an illusion, uh, a trick of the eye, or in fact that the, the living matter um, was still um, somehow vibrating under the earth. And, and that's how we felt. Um, we felt that the that evil energy of that space, that place was was present. Um, the the brokenness um, was was just beyond anything we could have imagined. That was just one family of scores of families on one community among scores of communities. Um, Fourteen hundred people or more lost their lives on that day. Um, hundreds more were kidnapped, and um, it was. I guess, as I as I tried to say it uh, in speaking to to Gil Zohar, um, a sense of moral obligation to serve as witnesses for people who um, obviously can no longer be witnesses to what they experienced on that horrible day. Wow, it is so so powerful and so hard to even imagine all that you saw. You were there for three days. Is that right? Well, we had a three-day mission of clergy and community leaders from Jewish communities across North America. Um, they arrived in Israel, uh, were met by our team and some uh, other individuals affiliated with our organization on uh, on the early morning of, of Monday of last week. Uh, we we met our group at the airport, at Ben Gurion Airport outside of Tel Aviv. Uh, we traveled south. Um, that first day was meant to experience the the, the faces uh, and the um, the people who had had borne the brunt of this incredible suffering, and we um, spent uh, the middle portion of the day 
at Kibbutz Be'eri, which I just described as being the um, the venue, the site that uh, the most lives were taken during uh, the massacre of October 7th. Uh, from there, we traveled north to a base called the Shura base, which is outside of Ramle in um, the center of Israel. Uh, the Shura base is um, a base which is designed to use um, both um, advanced technology, but also um, the loving care of, of, of bringing to rest people whose uh, remains are unidentified. Um, using uh, um, technology and the gathering of whatever is gathered with the remains of those individuals, um, the, um, the team at Chura is uh, uh, responsible for identifying um, uh, victims uh, of, of, um, of large-scale uh, events such as this or, or any scale event. Um, in this particular case, um, the volume of, um, of corpses um, exceeded anything that this base could have ever managed. Um, and as a result, um, a huge number of um, reserve soldiers were brought in, um, many of them uh, with medical or rabbinic background because of the, the different kinds of sensitivities uh, involved in this gruesome process. Um, uh, refrigerated trucks of every kind, which were brought in from around the country to try to keep um, those um, remains intact. And um, the work still continues to try to link identities with, um, with bodies in order to provide uh, a proper identification for the families, firstly, and secondly, to provide a traditional Jewish burial uh, for those who are Jewish. But um, we note that the victims of this massacre were Jewish, they were Muslim, they were Christian, they represent um, uh, more than 30 different nationalities. Um, this uh, abomination in Israel is a global humanitarian crisis. It is a crisis of the most sheer uncontrolled violence striking any human in its path, Jewish, Muslim, Christian, or otherwise. I have to ask, Stephen, how are you, how are you doing since that time? This was just a week ago. And to see all that you've seen, to be leading your team, to be caring for people in your home, how are you, how are you doing? Well, I think that um, in times like these, um, People of faith, of any faith, um, you know, have a choice of what kind of person they want to be. Our team made the decision right away that we would do whatever we could do to be of use, um, to provide sanctuary, to serve as witnesses, and to, um, you know, carry on our backs whatever we could. So I think on one level, um, we were, uh, those of us who witnessed um, what we saw, um, we we felt the the weight of responsibility. Um, we gathered to say um, prayers for the dead, uh, the El Mole Rachamim prayer, which is a, a, a traditional Jewish prayer for the dead, as well as uh, Kaddish, Kaddish, which is an additional um, 
prayer that's recited. Um, we use the liturgy in some way to be of service, also to provide um, a, a measure of of relief or processing uh, for that moment. We did a lot of processing as a group over the course of the next two days, um, many conversations, a lot of study, a lot of prayer, um, a lot of, of sharing what we witnessed. Um, all of our group went back to have conversations with their communities, with the media, um, with their friends and loved ones to carry that burden forward. Um, from a personal perspective, I am um, struck uh, when I remember um, one of the things that the uh, one of the spokespeople of the IDF said to us, which was that, um, you know, sadly, humanity is 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 very much accustomed to um, to massacres. Uh, whether it's um, indiscriminate, insane gun violence in the United States or um, the indiscriminate killing of hundreds of thousands of people in Syria, um, ISIS, there is not a continent that's untouched by, by violence. Uh, however, um, in this particular case, the fact that there's some crazy perverted trope saying will show us the bodies it couldn't have really happened um you're using hyperbole you're imagining things um i dare anyone to try to carry the scene of just one of those houses forward and to say that what happened on October 7th was anything less than a crime, not just against the Jewish people or Israeli citizens or the many, 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 many individuals who were visiting Israel at that time, including hundreds who were attending a peaceful music festival at, outside of Kibbutz Re'im. I dare anyone to see this as anything less than the most raw, profane crime against humanity any human, regardless of their creed or religion, needs to open their eyes and ask themselves what demonization, what perversion of what it means to simply be a human could be employed to deny that these things happened. And beyond that, to create any kind of equivalency to what we see um, as a painful, awful, but necessary response in my humble opinion, to Hamas to ensure that this can never happen again. Kind of where are you finding hope and what do you hope and want people to know? As a Jewish person, um, I, um, you know, I look to the text, I look to Jewish history. Um, you know, there are still people who survived the Holocaust um, alive today. Uh, what they saw with their own eyes and experienced with their own bodies, which you know, we hope and we would imagine could never happen again. Um, it would be easier and much more pleasant in a lot of ways to just give up. Um, you know, but I'm only 53 years old and uh, I have four children and um, and those children all have, 
you know, friends and family who are out fighting right now to to defend what feels very much like an existential threat against the very existence of the state of Israel, very existence of the Jewish people. Um, it's um, it's not how I want to use my energy. Uh, you know, uh, Edwin Starr said it. Uh, war, good God, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. To be put in a position, and I think Golda Meir said something like this, to, um, you know, turn what would seem to be uh, the will to try to create a reasonably just um, uh, country uh, with all of its problems and all of its trespasses and all its challenges here in the state of Israel as a kind of refuge for the Jewish people and also an engine for innovation and spirituality and, and purpose. Um, it's, it's just um, a tragedy, you know, a tragedy that Hamas, which is not just corrupt ideologically and religiously by every measure, but is politically corrupt. The cage of Gaza is Hamas's cage, not Israel's cage. And uh, to think that instead of inventing a cure for cancer or creating peace with Arab nations around us or writing the next great book, we have to spend our time figuring out how to protect ourselves from being murdered, raped, and dismembered in our own homes. I want people of the world to pause with their entitlement, to take a deep breath from their opinions, to press pause on the social media or the rant that has attracted them because it's simple and easy, and to ask themselves if they truly, truly want to be on the side of history that says that Hamas was justified, that its very existence is justified, that its actions are justified, and its defense is justified. It's just, it's such a waste of, of human spirit and energy and potential. The whole enterprise is tragic. War is tragic. Much of our politics around the world is tragic. Um, religious leadership is tragic. Um, so much um, just, just makes you want to throw up your hands or just shout at the heavens, you know, why? I'm grateful that in whatever way I can uh, offer, you know, that witnessing to to others. Um, I just hope people will take it with two hands and hold it. Wow. Thank you so much for your time. And I, I'd love to know for people who are interested in connecting with you sure. and supporting the center, what's the best way to to do that? Well, thank you for, for asking, Melissa. It's fuchsburgcenter.org. Um, we have uh, some of our work right there on our on our website, um, and um, I'm happy to uh, hear with, from people that have something con constructive to say. Obviously, we've also been a part of getting some very unpleasant, uh, 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 unhinged messages in this age of uh, social media madness, but fuchsburgcenter.org is is where we can be found and uh and for those who make whatever pilgrimage they make to jerusalem we we are always delighted to invite people to to study with us to 
to learn with us and uh, to make new friends. All right. Thank you so much, Stephen. Daniel Arnold, CEO of the Fuchsburg Jerusalem Center. We appreciate your time so very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Religion Unplugged podcast. All of our reporting is made possible and paid for directly by donors like you. Donations of any size can be a great help in our efforts to expand the quality and breadth of our coverage from around the world, often by journalists based in undercovered regions such as Africa, Asia, and South America. From November 1st through December 31st, any contribution you make up to $1,000 will be doubled as part of the Newsmatch campaign from the Institute of Nonprofit News. Consider how you can join us in our efforts to increase religious literacy, whether it's by making a donation, signing up for our weekly newsletter, following us on social media, or sharing our work on your social media channels. We look forward to partnering with you.